Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. If you have your Bibles, open them up. It'll bless you. No, but let's go to, uh, let's go to Acts chapter 2 first. Woo! So Jen was saying, uh, oh, by the way, my name is Blake. Hi. Welcome to Second Service. It's great to see you. You look amazing. If you're watching online, you look even better. (laughs) I'll just apologize now. Okay, so where are we going? We're going to Acts chapter 2. Now, Jen was saying, uh, she was sharing in service that the Holy Spirit was so important that Jesus actually tells his disciples Yo, it's good that I go away so the comforter will come. He's Jesus. He's literally walking around talking with his disciples. And he's like, you know what? It's good if I bounce on out of here. And they were just like, what? Really? Okay. Bounce, I guess. But what did Jesus do? He went to the cross, right? Not an easy bounce out of the world, uh, but a bounce that he did for us. A choice that meant that he suffered and he bled and he died so that we can live. So that we can come close to God again. So it's really, really cool, right? Really good stuff. But then he he tells his disciples, don't go out and tell this message until Holy Spirit comes. And so they're like, oh, okay, uh, I guess. And so they're chilling. Um, they're chilling in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And this is what, what happens, is that the, there's this mighty rush of wind. <laughs> Holy Spirit comes in, and he starts filling up the disciples. Now, they're, they're in an upper room, but do you know what happens when Holy Spirit starts filling you up? It starts spilling out onto everything. Come on, somebody. When Holy Spirit starts knocking at your door and pouring out of you, everybody else gets hit with what you're putting off. Can I be real with you? You're always putting out something. We know when someone's grumpy, right? Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your spouse. No, but seriously, what's that Acts 5? Keep your, keep your finger in the, where you're at now and roll over to Acts 5.15. Watch this. You're always putting off something. And whatever is overshadowing you is going to come off in your shadow. Watch what happens. In Acts 5.15, Peter's walking down the street so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats so as Peter came by, his shadow might fall on some of them. What? That's true, real scripture? I didn't make that up. It's Check your Bible. You reading it? It'll bless you. But, but that's what was going on. Peter was living in a way of overflow in the Holy Spirit that as he walked by, his shadow, look at that, his shadow would fall on people and the overflow of the presence would heal the sick. People, guys, Jesus told us that greater things than I, you're going to do. We are meant to walk in this level of awesome. Somebody's like sitting there right now thinking, I can't do it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I hope today, this is my hope, I hope today that Holy Spirit breaks off every box wall 
from your mind. That we get a chance to just see into heaven and realize the possibility of what we can live like. Because I'm telling you, if Jesus said, you're going to do greater works than me, then he wasn't lying. And if he said that you have to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came, there was a reason for it. And if, uh, if the disciples were then filled with power, that's a power that we need. Oh, buddy. Fasten your seatbelts. Jesus, come on, rock them off us. Um, and so here's the deal. You're putting off something, right? We said that. Whatever it is, there is an overflow coming out of you. Sometimes my overflow is not the best. It's a little bit more like sewage than, than healing the sick, right? That's all right. There's grace for that. So we're in Acts chapter 2. And uh, flip back over there. And the Holy Spirit comes and starts to fill, and there's this overflow out into the streets. And Peter gets up, and he starts to talk uh, in Acts uh, 2.17. And he's quoting the prophet Joel, and he begins to say that in the last days, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Somebody say, all. All flesh. And watch this. When the spirit of the living God comes, he begins to just open up heaven and, and give gifts through people. It says, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They shall declare the things of God. They shall declare what's going on. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. It goes on and it says in verse 21, And it shall come to pass that everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone. Yes, who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Holy Spirit came to continue to reveal the power of Jesus and the salvation message to the entire world. Come on, somebody. And not only that, he came to set us to a greater level of freedom and power so that we can live like Jesus died for us to. So here I am, and I'm like, I don't know about this, this Holy Spirit promise is talking to me about it. I start reading books about it. I start getting the word. I start going to services where Holy Spirit is like welcomed, and people are manifesting. And uh, I was playing it cool. A little side eye, that kind of stuff. You know how you do. And then the church, one of the churches asked me to speak. And so I was like, yeah, okay, that's awesome, sure. And so uh, I came up to the podium, and uh, I began to declare, I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I want to be baptized in his presence. Now, hold on, push the pause button for just a second, because I was that guy that was like side-eyeing things, like, you know, you'd watch like healing services and stuff, and people would go out in the Spirit, and you'd see like glory bombs, and people fall out, and I was like, I was like, I was totally throwing shade about that. I was like so snarky, and like, you're right. Play button. So I'm up here, and I'm, I'm, I'm confessing, like, I want, I want the baptism of the Spirit, and from behind the podium, Holy Spirit knocks me out. I go down in the middle of a service. This guy who's talking about, about, blah, 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 blah. Let, listen, okay, so I had to repent a little bit on my prejudice uh, about what was going on because here's the deal. When Holy Spirit comes up and activates, the impossible becomes possible. That's what Holy Spirit brings. Holy Spirit brings the power from heaven where impossibility no longer is there. Come on, somebody. 
Holy Spirit comes on the scene and all of a sudden the dreams of heaven become your reality. I heard once that when the Holy Spirit comes on the scene, the dreams of heaven become your reality. That's pretty good. I don't know who said it, but I heard it one time. The Holy Spirit brought to me something I didn't have before. So I was out there and I had been seeking in the world to find all this stuff, right, to fill me up. And I was empty and I was miserable. But you were saved, brother. Yes, bless God, I was. But that's where it ended for me. There was no walk with the master. There was no engagement with his presence because, well, I'd been saved. I'd punched my save card. What do I do now? Well, I'm going to wait until Jesus comes back. like a lunchtime thing? Does he think, you know, I mean, I got my parachute so I can escape this world. I'm just going to pull the ripcord. Come on. Where's he? Where's he at? Well, nothing's happening so much. Let's go see what the world's doing. Come on, somebody. But then the spirit of the living God, bam, knocked me out. And like I, all of a sudden, everything began to change. Relationship with God, it became something that was real to me. And all of a sudden, life became something we were doing together. Just like garden living. Do you remember in the Garden of Eden, God was like making all this stuff. And he's like, you know what? I would love to share this and co-labor with someone. Hey, man, let's do this. And see, at the, at the cross, we're restored to that level of awesome where we're able to then co-labor and do life with God. Just as he intended from the beginning. We are no longer separated from a, by a chasm of sin and ugh on us. Oh, buddy. And so that's, that's where I found myself. And I was like, yes. This is what the walk is about. This is, this is amazing. And so like, you know, pastor has been going through this reboot series and uh, it's been so good. You're just resetting, you're resetting this heart. And remember what Proverbs says, out of, out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks, there's this flow of, of life comes from inside of here. And so like, I love, I love the reboot series because it's like, you know, like every IT guy's dream. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? <laughs> but seriously, rebooting and resetting yourself with God sometimes is a real necessity. Um, back in April, uh, and I've shared some of this, uh, last year, I had a moment where I had to do some resetting with God. I mean, big time. Uh, I'm pretty laid back, uh, easygoing fella, and uh, I was at work. And, dude, I was struggling. Like, it was to the point where, I, like, I get up in the morning, I was like, how many days until summer? Because I'm, a, I'm an elementary school principal, um, so, like, summer is, like, you know, glory land. Uh, when, when Jesus, and I'm sorry, when God was talking to the Israelites about leaving Egypt and going to the promised land, that's kind of, no, I'm playing. But, but, you know, that's where I was at. Like, all I wanted to do was just survive. Anybody ever just want to survive? 
probably better than I am. You guys are like, no, I'm an overcomer. Yes, you are. You are overcomers. We weren't meant and made just to survive life. We were meant and made through the power of the Holy Spirit to blow up the life, to like super succeed and be victorious. We are to walk in victory. We are to walk in freedom. Those are the things that Jesus died to give us. Dude, I wasn't there. I was not, my joy was gone, my hope was gone. I was totally miserable. And like that's, that's something, like that's not usually how I live. Like I always tell, I mean, I, I, the, the day I stop loving kids is the day I do something else. I tell my staff that all the time. If you stop enjoying teaching and being around kids, get out. Go find something else to do because our kids deserve our best. Our kids deserve our love. And so here I am in this situation, and I'm like, oh, I'm not liking this. And see, like April, May, you think, oh, that's a good time. Just put it on cruise control and make it to June. The problem is everybody else is putting it on cruise control. And so then all the problems fall at my desk, right? And like I was just, I was overwhelmed uh, and, and done. I even got bitter. Can you imagine that? But you have the Holy Spirit and you're saved. You can be bitter. Yep. Because I chose bitter. Let me be clear. That's not God's best for me. That's not what God wants for me. But I can choose that and he can be like, okay, if you want to. That's what I was choosing. And so that's what I was getting. And, and, and so this is what happened because God is really good. God loves you so much and he loves me so much that he wasn't just going to let me sit there. He was going to offer some hope. And so I got up one morning. I was, I was going for a run or something and put in a podcast. And the podcast was about joy. And, and it started just breaking my heart because I realized I didn't feel joy. I wasn't feeling hope. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started to remind me that that night, Jesus had given me a dream. And in the dream, I walked into a room with a table, and there was Jesus sitting at the table. And he just bid me to come over. And I just sat down with him. And he opened up the Bible, and he just started talking to me. And I felt, I felt in that moment that he was saying, I've forgotten my first love. That I was trying to do all this stuff on my own and I'm not meant to do it on my own I'm meant to do it hand in hand with my savior and my messiah and see here's the deal is that is that I knew how I was supposed to act I had been in church long enough I could do religion but how many of you know that religion is just form without power I could do the behavior modification. I could tell myself, I'm not supposed to think this way. But it didn't change that I just kept thinking that way. Why? Because form without power. I wasn't in relationship with Jesus and walking with Holy Spirit. So I had nothing to lead me in that moment. And so this is what started to happen. Every time that a situation was, was arising, that was fr I, was, I was being frustrated. I was being upset. And, and Jesus began to show me that we're from Southern Illinois, so we know what this looks like. You go out into the woods, and there's some tall grass. And there's tall grass, tall grass. And then there'll be a path that's cut through it. Because maybe, maybe some deer have, have been going that same way. 
all fall. Or maybe there's some cattle that's moving that way. And Jesus began to show me that that's what was happening with my thinking. When, it, when a situation would come up, there's always situations. Circumstances are always there. Always. There's always going to be something. But how I respond is my powerful choice. I set before you life and death. Choose life that you and your descendants might live. But see, what I was doing is I just kept choosing death. And so I started tromping down this path in my mind. So every time a frustrated thing, would, a frustrating circumstance would come to me, I would go right down that well-worn path to no joy, worry, anxiety, anger, all that junk. And I was just tromping along all the way down and then back down. And every circumstance is just built it. Blah, 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 and I was like, Bleh. Sound effects not optional. They're necessary to convey where I was at. But then Jesus and the Holy Spirit broke in. And we started to then make some choices together to stop walking that path. See, the Bible talks about building strongholds in our mind, right? And so, and so what had happened is that, that I had begun to build a stronghold brick by brick. Every time something came at me, I was going down through the little stronghold path that my mind had made because of my choices. So how did I have to fix that? Jesus. I had to get in relationship with Jesus. Because here's the deal. Behavior modification without the presence of the living God doesn't do it. Because you can have all the right answers. You can have the form. But if you don't have the power, you can't continue it. It's about him. Right? He imparts the power. And then we can co-labor hand in hand together. And so then he started to take me and he started to remind me of things. Things like 1 Corinthians 2.16. 1 Corinthians 2.16, which tells me that I have the mind of Christ. That the way that I am supposed to react is programmed in me at salvation. And Holy Spirit began to help me tear down the strongholds that was keeping that from my choices. And see, he began to show me that the mind of Christ is positive. It's God-minded. It's God-loves-me-minded. It's encouraging. It's thankful. The impossible is possible in the mind of Christ because nothing is impossible to God. Come on, somebody. That situation you are looking at right now and you're like, I don't have the answers. Okay, so what? He does. You don't have to have the answers apart from him. In fact, it is his joy to co-labor and create with you so that you can dream up the answers together. Flip over to Exodus 35. You're like, Old Testament, that's really early. I know, but it's got some good stuff in it. Check this out. You guys going to Exodus 35? You're like, no, they put it up on the board. I don't have to. <laughs> All right, you got me there. Okay. So Exodus 35, and it's at verse 30. 
page. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called Berizel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God. I want to push pause for just a second. So this is Old Testament story, right? All right, so Moses is co-laboring with God, and they're building this tabernacle. And what's God do? He starts to send the Spirit of the living God to fill believers. And what did it bring with them? Watch this. This is what just starts to blow your brain out of your skull. Um, He filled him with the Spirit of God with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood for work in every skilled craft. So The Holy Spirit literally was put in him so that he could be creative and so that he could see into heaven at what the tabernacle of God was meant to look like and then pull that down from heaven and recreate it on earth. Come on, somebody, because I'm getting excited. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for present-day believers? This guy wasn't living Through the cross. He was pre-cross. He was pre-Jesus. But he was filled with the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God gave him. Gave him creativity and eyes into heaven. That means the Holy Spirit comes upon us to do all kinds of stuff. And one of the things it's going to do is give us eyes to see what's going on in heaven. To bring it down into earth. Come on, somebody. That means your job, that mission field where you go and you get a paycheck from, you have creativity from the Holy Spirit to see how that's supposed to operate in the kingdom of heaven. Woo! I'm going to shout myself down. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Old Testament, that was going on. How much more? Through the cross, with the power of the Holy Spirit, are we to live in that level of awesome? Guys, every time you go out into the world, you're going out into this mission field. I want to encourage us. Let everything that like hinders us, just let's strip it off. Because this is what happens, okay? Is that, is that all this junk, this, 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 we get comfortable with it. We get comfortable with worry, and anxiety, and depression, and lust, and, and, and just joyless living. It just becomes, well, ah, oh, it just feels right. Why does it feel right? Because you're used to it. Yeah. It's what you've entertained to the point that it's become your reality. Yeah. But your reality is meant to be heaven. That's what Jesus saved you to. Jesus saved you to kingdom living and kingdom life. And so here's what happens is that we get so comfortable with all this worry and anxiety and, 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 and jealousies and, and offense. Man, you guys noticed how offendable everything is? You're quiet, so that means you have. I'm amazed at how offendable I am. My wife and I took a road trip about five years ago. Timeline's fuzzy. I forget time. Uh, And we were talking about what does it look like to live a life unoffendable? 
Come on, because that's kingdom living. It looks like making choices to not be offended. It looks like thinking the best and hoping the best. Hold on. Go to Philippians 4a. I'll tell you what it can look like. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What about filling our minds up with that? Whew. Grace of God, right? Covenant with Him. You know, life is full of seasons, right? Right now we're in everybody's favorite winter. Said no one ever, right? You're like, winter's my favorite until next week when it's nine degrees. I love the snow. I do too, snow days. I'm in education. Um, (laughs) You know how excited your nine-year-old gets about snow days? Multiply that by like a million for me, okay? claw marks on the wall where I'm just like climbing like ah no it's so great no okay so I'm playing Uh, back on track (laughs) okay so um these pathways that we're making in our mind right we're making choices with God to co-labor to make these pathways and so if we begin thinking about what's lovely and what's honorable what's cure and begin hoping the best all of a sudden you know what we start to see happen We're making new paths. It's like Pastor's been talking about in this reboot series. We are making new paths in our minds. So then all of a sudden when circumstances start to arise, my first gut thing to go to isn't negative. It's positive. What? No, that can't happen. Yes, it can, right? That can be how we live. But but, but here's the deal. We've got to do it in relationship with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. But we get so comfortable We get so comfortable with all the worry, the the negativity, and all those things that we just settle in. And so we have these seasons, right? We have these seasons in life where in a certain season of life, things are just going good, right? And you're like, oh, man, this is is life is easy. It's easy to be happy. Uh, Bank account's full. Everything's happy. Uh, everybody's applauding me. I'm doing great. Blah, blah, blah. Life is good. And then a season changes. And something gets tight. Or you get stretched, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what's going on? Okay. All right. Now, hey, if you have the, if you have the path set, that then we just believe, we believe the best. We hope the best. We think about the, what the word says. Holy Spirit, I cast my care. First Peter style. All right. I'm staying rooted in you. I'm on the rock. But what happens sometimes is the seasons shift. The circumstances change. And we're tossed to and fro. And so then we become a slave to whatever is going on out there. You aren't meant to be a slave. You were made free by the blood of Jesus You are a free. What does Jesus say? He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is. My yoke is easy and my burden is. My yoke is easy and my burden is. So if we are carrying heavy baggage, you are carrying something you are not meant to hold on to. 
throw that stuff off. Okay, so Jesus said this to me. Do you remember when he was walking up to Jerusalem and he came by the fig tree and there were flowers but no fruit? And Jesus did something I thought was strange. He cursed it and said, no more fruit. No fruit for you. Come back. Never. I'm not sure if he was quite soup Nazi-esque, but probably sort of not. Okay. Then there's this story in Revelation 22. And it's this story of these trees planted along the banks of the river of life. And it starts to say that those trees produce fruit 12 months out of the year. Come on, somebody. See, see, we are not bound simply by seasons. We are planted along the river of life, which is the presence of a living God. So we are made to produce fruit in and out of season. You are constantly a fruit producer. The lie is, is that circumstances are so heavy and it's not the right season, I can't make it. That's a lie straight from hell. You are in and out of season 24-7. That's the kingdom of reality. That's what Holy Spirit had to speak to me. <laughs> because I didn't see that. I was a slave to seasons. I was a slave to thoughts that just came at me. I didn't know I could take a thought captive to, to the mind of Christ. I thought if I thought it, well, that was it. It's over. It's dumb been in my head. Hey, everything that's in your head is not from Jesus. Oh, I probably need to say that again. <laughs> everything in your head is not from Jesus. But we don't have to let that, those thoughts stay. We have authority. We have powerful power. You are a powerful person. You can take captive every thought under the blood of Jesus. So there's this amazing story of David. I love David. I think he's really cool. He's a man after God's heart, and yet he still struggles sometimes, right? He still needs God. He doesn't ever get to a place where he doesn't need God. Come on, somebody. We never get to a... God's not interested in you having to get to a place where you can do it without him. I've got to tell myself that all the time. You're not perfect. And God's okay with that. He already knows it. Do you know what happens when I, when I feel like I have to just be perfect? I lie to myself. I don't accept the truth of where I'm at. Because if I do, then when I look in the mirror, I see something that's unbecoming. And I'm like, I can't, I can't handle that. One of my 2019... Uh, words is honesty that I will be honest with myself so that I can be honest with God and he can have more of this why? because I need him too you need him too where we're going as a church and as a body the world needs more of our Holy Spirit overflow them those beautiful humans that don't know God, those beautiful humans that know Jesus but are still enslaved to like worry and anxiety, they need you. So David, 
he lives in a time before the cross, right? And what they had was they had this tabernacle living in Exodus. But that hadn't been going on uh, for, for a lot of years where worship was going on in the temple and stuff like that. So, so David, with the Ark of the Covenant in there. So David says, I've heard from heaven and I'm gonna bring the Ark back to Jerusalem. And it's gonna go into the tent. Now, now what's wild, follow me on this for just a second. So the way it worked is that once a year, a priest could go in and offer an offering on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And then God would, would accept that, that or, or not. And the Holy Spirit would come down and it, would actually, it actually talks about the Holy Spirit as fire coming down, lapping up the blood out of the dish. Dude, oh, ah. But no one but the priests were supposed to go in. So David sees into heaven and starts to dream with God. And he says, what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna go in and we're gonna worship God. Come on, somebody. We're gonna worship God in his presence 24 seven. And that is gonna be the model of how we do worship in Israel. But it had never been done before. They didn't have the blueprints yet. But what happened? One man decided he was gonna dream with God. One man said, I'm going to look into heaven and see how is the heart of God doing this. What does that look like for you? What does the heart of God look like for you in doing life? What does it look like in your marriage? What does it look like in raising your kiddos? What does it look like in your workplace? What does it look like at, 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 at Rock One, at Walmart, at the Kroger or Aldi? That's what's exciting, is it can look like whatever Holy Spirit is leading you to do. It looks like going to a drive-through maybe, and for hours, no one having to pay for their own stuff because we just keep passing it on down the line. It looks like going into grocery stores and paying for groceries for people. Why? Because we live generous and because we're letting Holy Spirit inspire us. It might look like stepping out and talking to someone, but I don't know them. Yeah, but maybe you're meant to. It just looks like, it looks like less me focus and more them focus, more him focus, and just let him speak. Just listen and follow. As a blood-bought believer, you can do it. And you're free to do it. That's what's awesome. It's like God's are like, do this, do, do, do that. He's like, I love you, and I want you to choose. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.